Greetings and welcome to Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut. I'm Liam Allen with Morris Sachs. How you doing, MB? Friday night, baby. Rock and roll. Here we are. Uh, it seems like we've said this now 41 weeks in a, wa- in a row. All-time yeah. highs, no end in sight. Uh, another boring to tears week of the Fed. And... To me, utter confusion in the treasury rates um, or the bond market, whatever, wherever you want to look. Um, well, get in line. Can you explain? Can you explain that all to me quickly? <laughs> Quick, quickly, can concisely. You that? Yeah. By the two orders. By the yeah. two orders, Colonel. Um, ah. Well, we had the taper, and uh, <laughs> Uncle, like that. You know, I just, you know, it's, maybe it's that buy the rumor, sell the news kind of thing. <sighs> People were set up for it, and they got it. Now what? But, um, you know, they begun the uh, removal of accommodation, and the stocks went up. Um, The yield curve flattened, which uh, I know is a bit of a mystery to some people. Um, But in this instance, it sort of makes sense because um, the the notion is, is they remove accommodation it's going to slow the economy down in the longer run. So in the short term, the short-term rates start to rise, but the long-term rates are starting to forecast slower growth down the road. So you remember last week I mentioned to you and we posted on the, the website the forward curve, and I said how the highest rate I could see was a 247. Uh, I looked quickly before the show and uh, – this week it's 242. So, yeah. Yeah, I forget exactly what part of the curve that is, but it, out there it doesn't it doesn't really matter. So, um and then you had a uh, very strong, very very strong payroll number today, which um you know, I honestly uh I kind of mailed it in today. I didn't do a whole lot and um um I saw the the employment numbers were much stronger than expected. Mm-hmm. I saw the revisions mm-hmm. were stronger. And I, I'm a believer, I think we've talked in the past, how you need to look at the direction of the revisions. Because in a growing economy, the initial releases tend to understate the growth. So uh, now that we're seeing revisions, it indicates the economy's moving along a little faster. Um Coincidentally, it seems like we're looking at a period of time where the extra government check went away. And, um, you know, people were flying on fumes, and now that uh, the money's running out, and you've seen that in some other economic releases, I guess they're starting to go back to work. Um, So I think that explains kind of that situation. Yeah, um, I don't believe any of those numbers. Um, they always seem to get it wrong. Fine. All right, so you got your unemployment number was better, 530 or whatever, um, better than expected. Uh, but they pick it apart, and then they start looking at you know, the minutia of it. And the highlighted thing that people were, were focused on is that participation rate. Um, and they talk, right. you know, there's so many people have left, you know, have retired. I mean, we know anecdotally of, of situations like that. Uh, so my question is, where are these? Where are they getting all these jobs? I haven't seen any less now hiring. Everything, everything, everywhere I look is now hiring. Every here, every story you hear is they cannot get bodies to work. Um, yeah. well, so like, so, does, like how? Like, where's the dramatic optimism in those in those statistics? You know. Well, I I'm not exactly understanding your question. So the the employment statistics were strong, right? Mm-hmm. And. Um, but you're saying people can't get jobs or the people can't hire people. I, I don't think the people are there to get the jobs. Okay. All those signs that say now hiring, they want truck drivers. They want people to work in hotels. 
you know, right. all those all those services. Um, I don't see where those people are magically going to appear from. Whether they cut off the nonstop unemployment. Um, well, I, you know, I mean, it's we're sort of in the realm that I like to be honest. And most of these economic guys really aren't either honest with everyone or honest with themselves. But, you know, you're in such a unique situation in history. We don't really know what's going on. So, you know, everyone, like that's saying all politics is local, right? Mm -hmm. So we ordered pizza for dinner last Sunday and uh, we get there and there are literally people coming into the restaurant, ordering, getting their food and eating and leaving yeah. before we, we got our takeout. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's because they didn't have the systems in place. There were a bunch of people didn't show up for work. And so Cheryl and I were driving home, you know, with the cold pizza. And we kind of thought about how was this thing going on? And I don't really recall the numbers exactly, but it was clear that when the extra 300 bucks a week was getting thrown on top, that they made, people made, literally made more staying yeah, yeah, home yeah, than yeah. they would be for working. Okay, well, I, I get that. Okay. So you figure maybe they saved a little money, maybe. And so they've been dragging their feet about going back to work. And which is why <clears throat> when we look at the, uh, revisions from the previous month, right? The revisions are up big. So I, I think that's why, uh, you know, as you said, you don't believe the numbers. I mean, I, the truth is these numbers get revised for like the next seven years or something like that. I mean, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous because there's so many assumptions built into this thing. Okay. So, um, I, I, I don't, I just, it's not that I don't believe I just, them. I don't put so much weight in them. I don't, you know, I don't think that they're a true indicator of the actual reality down on main street. That's, that's okay. That's well, my, let's, my, let's, okay. Maybe I could get you to come a little bit north and say that they're not a great barometer. Yeah. Uh, thank you. You know, that, all yeah. these things have their, yeah. Um, have their place. you know, I think as you've, pointed out I and mean, I've seen out here out west uh, I know out out east before we left you know everything's trying to hire people and everywhere uh, the, I go man yeah yeah the participation rate has dropped for a number of reasons I think uh, depending let's let's just think out loud right you got a bunch of older people that took retirement okay uh, then you have this big situation where you have the working moms who've decided that uh, either financially or emotionally or a combination, they're not going back to work. Yeah, that's a huge right. group. That's then two have, huge groups. Yeah. Then you have people that apparently have made a significant amount of money speculating in the cryptos. I, I, I wish I had written this down because I saw something recently that said that there are a number of people, like a statistically significant number of people that have made enough money with these things that they're delaying going back to work. I am sure. Um, so, so get this, get this. Cheryl and I braved, uh, you know, the elements and went to the movies last night. What? Okay. Yeah, we did. Okay. We did. We went to right. the movies. At we night, too. Not, our... not at night? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. It's like I was born at night, but not right. last night. Right, right, right. Um, So we went to see the James Bond movie. Okay. Was my was my choice. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, they got some nice leather seats here, and mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about getting bed bugs. Yeah, yeah. Here, I don't, Your shoes I don't sticking to the floor. Like on, yeah. yeah, right, exactly. So anyway, movie, movie was terrible. Um, I didn't hate it with the vim and vigor that Cheryl did, but... Um, it was almost a walkout. Anyway, <laughs> it, was a, it was a solid 45 minutes too long. Um, you know, I look younger than Daniel Craig at this point. <laughs> and I'm here without makeup. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but here's here's what I wanted to tell you. So we're watching the previews, and everything's you know some kind of magic wand, and I know some where you're kind going. Of, uh, kind of yeah. discontinued society. Mm-hmm. In rolls Matt Damon. Oh yeah, big theatric, <laughs> high gloss. Fortune favors the brave, which is not the quote, but uh, anyway, mm-hmm. uh, it's not the point. <laughs> they got they got an ad for freaking cryptocurrencies, dude, in the movie theater. Christopher Columbus, okay, he he's walking through like <laughs> a, he's walking through this magnificent museum, okay, and he stops at like an eight foot statue of Columbus. I I mean I, I guess it was Columbus. Um, and he and he, uh, he he preaches to Columbus, and then there's somebody else. I would assume I would assume assume it was Sir Edmund Hillary. Somebody scaling a, a you know a glacial wall, okay, and he pontificated about that you know about how you know bold that guy was and then i think he stepped into like the imax theater and you got a vision of mars or space or something and again you are you are repeat it was repeated that fortune favors the brave or whatever whatever idiocy he uh he spouted and then it was like as simple as crypto.com right like it, 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 some, it was that you know, yeah whatever I, it was at, yeah. at that point yeah. i was gagging on my own vibe. Right. <laughs> I was just saying, but, but for you, that was like a successful trip. At least you got that. That was the highlight of your trip to the movies, correct? Oh, my God. oh yeah. no, I got one. I got, this is better. You ready? Okay, all right. So we're buying the tickets. And it says children, adult, and senior. And I started oh, yeah. to hit adult. And she was like, we're seniors. Yeah. I'm like, no. Absolutely, dude. Grocery store. You have the grocery store oh, yourself on Tuesday mornings. Oh my god. Yeah. This is so sad. Yeah. This is so sad. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, that's bad, but it's not like it ain't like you got the head of a world-class investment bank bank going through a midlife crisis thinking he's like a hot shit DJ. Sad to watch. It really is. So, Cheryl and I have had dinner early tonight, mm-hmm. and I I am actually hit a hit a beer. So that, okay. that's going to explain. Mm-hmm. It's it's okay. It's only a um, seven point one ABV. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and uh, a pint. So right. I'm good. So you um, and one hundred and thirty so- pounds and nothing to eat today. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I got my modeling career. <laughs> so we're we're at dinner, and Cheryl says, uh, "So, what are you going to talk about tonight?" And I'm like, "You know, I I don't know. I I don't like to talk about what we're going to talk about because I don't know what we're going to talk about." And I and I said something about I don't know, you know, maybe Goldman. And she mm-hmm. says, uh, "So, what's that guy's name?" And I said, oh, it's it's David Solomon. Mm-hmm. She said, you know, he's going to sue you. <laughs> I'm please. like, for what? Hurting yeah, his feelings? Yeah, exactly. Please. It'll be, I don't even want to talk about it because if he does, you know how much free publicity that is for us? Oh, my God. This <laughs> the is the worst great. thing he could do. This would be great. This would be great. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's a uh, there was a Twitter snap. Of him mm-hmm. uh, at um, one of his DJ gigs for charity, mm-hmm. and um, so I was out. I was out uh, mountain biking today for the first time since the crash, mm-hmm. and um, I kind of rebooted the the Wahoo thing. Sure. And somehow the the switch got turned off, so all of a sudden my texts okay. are coming up on my. Mm-hmm. Is yep. mm-hmm. and it's it's irritating me right mm-hmm. so I, I i stopped to kind of like figure the thing off and somebody texted me it says the equivalent of not all heroes wear capes <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like what the fuck is this about <laughs> so i was curious so mm-hmm. this person mm-hmm texted me a picture a dj sal right <laughs> spinning so i sent it to uh, our cast of characters which included a fairly respectable person in the industry and uh, i said okay boys caption contest <laughs> it's a good picture and, 
It was a good picture. So mm-hmm. I think the winner was something like, how did these second-year analysts get this close <laughs> to the DJ booth? <laughs> oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, thank you for the opportunity was his caption. His caption I, for the, yeah. was his, thank you for the opportunity. Okay. So um, just to get the, the boots on the ground, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're in Scottsdale, Arizona, and – so uh, we're trying to add our own little touch to different parts of the house, right? Mm-hmm. And my uh, study, which faces the street, doesn't have any curtains. So at 5 a.m. when I'm sitting here in my boxer shorts and bathrobe looking at the market, anybody walking their dog can sort of see. And, mm-hmm. and, and trust me, nobody wants to see that, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we ordered some curtains. So mm-hmm. the guy, it's curtains, right? Not drapes. Sure. I don't anyway, know. I go bow check later. You're gonna, you'll find out. It doesn't matter. She doesn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the guy's here hanging the curtains, and he's a chatty guy, mm-hmm. and uh, he's talking about because uh, from the back of the house you can see like this mountain, and on the mountain there's an area called Tom's Thumb, which is a okay. big hiking biking. When you come, I'll show you. You like mm-hmm. it. So he says, oh, you can see Tom's thumb. And I said, we're very fortunate. We got a great view here. And uh, he says, well, you know, the Tom's thumb gas station has incredible barbecue. Amazing. I'm like, come on. He's like, no, I'm telling you, it was on the uh, drive-ins, diners, and dives. So I, so that's tomorrow's plan. I was but anyway, say, how fast did anyway. you get in the car? <laughs> <laughs> well, if it wasn't meeting you... <laughs> So, so uh, I, I can't go to, I, I don't like going and doing things here on the weekends because I got to compete with people who have of jobs. Of course. You know, so. It's terrible. Anyway, wh- wh- why, let's, let me rewind this thing. So this fellow's kind of chatty. We're having a nice conversation. I said, so let me, let me ask you a question. Uh, do you know, have you heard of many of the different banks? He's like, yeah, sure. He says, we, we do business with a lot of people in the neighborhood and, he said, which bank are you thinking of? And I said, uh, Goldman Sachs. And he says, of course I've heard of them. And I said, well, let me let me show you something. And I showed him a picture of this thing of DJ Sal spinning mm-hmm. with his name and lights. Mm-hmm. His name and lights, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I showed it to the guy. He's like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, they're trusting you with people's money. <laughs> The next word, he says, when I think of Goldman Sachs, I think of safety. Mm, safety imagine that. This yep. is a quote. That safety is not a party animal. <laughs> I was tempted to- uh, Get him on the to, show? Uh, well, <laughs> no, we'd never get him off. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I was tempted to tape it and play yeah, it. But, yeah. Uh, so. Anyway, um, yeah, we gotta. I think we gotta move on because I we could sit here all night, and it's mm-hmm. it's it's not even really kicking a guy when he's down, right? It's, no, it's just he needs attention. He's getting it from us. Hopefully, he's sitting. You know, he'll sit somewhere on Saturday, probably out in Watermill, and he'll listen to the show. And uh, who else is talking about him DJing besides you and me? <laughs> All Nobody. The, all, all of his entourage. Please. He, he didn't even buy enough likes. He's got like, he bought like 34,000 followers. Okay. So I don't know what that costs a month. Um, But he didn't buy the, the, the correct ratio of likes. So you'd think with 34,000 followers, you'd probably get like, I don't know, 10,000, like half of them Wait might a, like your oh, stuff. I never thought of that. Oh, I yeah, never thought of that. Yeah. So you, you there's oh, a yeah. ratio. Yeah. So if you have... Oh yeah. Oh, then if you really want to look through, then you can like look through his followers, and it's like you know, ten girls Camp from Russia. Long. Yeah, Shin exactly. Ho. Yeah, it's in, it's in, this is I I literally spent time this afternoon doing that just to make sure I wasn't I, you know I, we should move on, okay? <laughs> so um, I I want uh, some corrections and addendums from last week. Um, so I was making a comment about. Uh, Bill Ackman inferring 
you know, if he was so bearish on rates, you know, he should make a bet and he should. And apparently on the news, he got short or has bought a lot of protection against higher rates. So this is what's so beautiful of the thing. He's invited invited to the Fed to give a presentation on his view of interest rates. And he says, I I think that they the Fed should taper and and okay. That's his opinion. And mm-hmm. then people are pussing on him because he bought a bunch of puts on the bond market and then went to the Fed and I'm like Yeah. Hello. I mean that's what do you want him to do? So, well, I, I don't know if uh I do know. Nobody knows about this. There's this thing called the TBAC, Treasury Bond Auction Committee, okay? And it's a group of guys and gals and theys. Are there, did I miss anything? No, you Man, got it. Woman, they. They? Okay, you got okay. they. Yeah. They're selected for a period of time, let's say two years. And every so often, the group goes down to Washington to meet with the Treasury and advise the Treasury on what kind of bonds to auction. Mm-hmm. And then the Treasury goes and takes their input. And, okay. And, and these are guys from hedge funds. These are guys from banks, brokerage houses. Okay. You know. So, I mean, that's how the world works. Yeah. You know, there's a flow of information. I, I remember um, after 9-11, if I've told you this, but maybe October of uh, 01, November, Zervos and I flew down to Washington. You talked about it on the show. To, yeah. Well, we yeah. met with the Fed. And, yeah. and you know, because, uh, you know, I, I might have had my first meeting with the Fed. I was probably 24 years old. You know, we walked from 20 Broad Street down yep. to the Fed on Liberty Street. Yep. I sat yep. there with uh, Irv Auerbach, our our uh, economist and Peter Sternlight, who ran the Fed's open market operations at the time, and and uh, it was a one way street where Peter Sternlight would ask Irv questions, and then uh, Irv would answer, and Peter would just kind of nod his head. I think Peter said something to me like just to be polite to acknowledge that I was alive. Um, uh, it might have been one of the three times in my life I didn't say anything. Um, it was early. <laughs> Twenty-four. I was still shocked. I was yeah. still shocked to have been where I was. Right. Um, right. What's the context of those conversations like? That when you say it's a one-way street, but they want to know what's going on in the market from the guys that are boots on the ground, right? Is that is that yeah. why those conversations? Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The, okay. So they'll ask. They'll ask. They'll ask questions. It's like. Uh, we did, uh, back, this was back before the fed couldn't shut up. Right. And they were talking all the time. They wouldn't really say anything. And you had to kind of figure out based on their open market operations, what they, they did every day. And based on that, try and interpret where monetary policy was going. Um, I can delve into that a little deeper, but it's a little arcane and it's changed a bit, but it used to be how the market would sort of work. So Peter Sternlight would say, you know, two days ago, we did uh, 3 billion customer RP. What did the market think of that? And we would say, yada, yada, yada. And here we go, okay. If we had done system RP, which is another way of doing it, what do you think the market might have done in that instance? And and then... Uh, we would tell him his answer or, or what we thought. And, 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 and it wasn't like, uh, so Peter, let me ask you. I mean, how much poker was it though? How much like, you know, cause those are, those are such a, well, I, I, so, so how much poker is it? Give me a little latitude on this. But when I was at Lanston, we were like the short market shop, meaning like two years and in, us and Discount Corporation were like the end all and be all. Like every morning, the 35 other primary dealers would call in and say, what do you think the Fed's going to do today? That kind of thing. Wow. Yep. Yep. So yep. Uh, the two head guys, 
Jack Freeman, since deceased, John Ford, since deceased, uh, got very bullish on the market and had bought a huge position in two-year notes. Okay. So anyway, they went on vacation and they left the third guy in charge, in charge, right? So he goes to the Fed and uh, meets with Sternlight and uh, uh, one of the economists is either Irv Auerbach or David Jones. And uh, anyway, this guy, I'm not going to mention his name, he comes back and gets hold of Freeman and or Ford, and he's like, look, I just got back from a meeting with Sternlight. They're not going to be easing. They think the economy is growing really hard. And, you know, the, mar the front end of the market's pretty rich. I think, you know, we probably want to want to get back to square one, right? So these guys are on vacation. I think John Ford used to go to St. Thomas, maybe. Um, I don't know where Jack went. He was very private about stuff. But, uh, I mean, so let's say it's like a Wednesday. Mm -hmm. like Thursday afternoon, ding, 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 ding. Fed cuts discount rate 50 basis points. Yeah. And uh, we were out. We didn't have any position. And yeah. it, it was like... So wow. is it poker? I don't call it what you want, but anybody that walked out of one of those meetings thinking like they knew something, mm -hmm. they were the chump at the table. Wow, yeah, yeah, that's so, interesting. Yeah. So, now, when Zeros and I went down there in 9-11, now this is 20 years ago, right? Yeah. And, sorry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Just 21 minus 1. Okay. I, I know I'm a little slow, but so anyway, um, I think that it was a little bit easier to see where they were going because they fucking blew up the World Trade Center. It wasn't right. just yeah. shits and giggles. What do you think today? I, I remember there being questions about uh, availability of funds, the liquidity of the repo market, and uh, maybe I could read the tea leaves pretty good. More likely than not, I deluded myself into thinking I could figure it out. Uh, but, you know, mm -hmm. uh, it seemed to me that they had decided they needed to be very aggressive. And, uh, you know, that helped. Yeah, um, yeah. By the way, great cafeteria. Great cafeteria. Okay. Which... Brings me to my next topic. Uh, excuse me. Brings us to our next topic. Thank you. Um, I'd like to talk about... Oh, it's Goldman Sachs again. Come on. Go ahead. You, let's go. Do you see let's this go. thing? Do you see this thing how um, they cut out their free meals? I did. Now, I that's, did. A, that's a big deal. Can, can I opine on this? Absolutely. Okay. Oh, please. So without giving away yep. what you do for a living, mm -hmm. okay, y y you're moving around mm -hmm. a fair amount, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so, um, and I'm not complaining about the job, my job, okay? Mm-hmm. But my workspace was maybe... There's no way it was 36 inches wide. I mean, maybe, let's say it's between 24 and 36 inches wide. Mm -hmm, okay? mm -hmm. I'd get in at like 6.30 in the morning. And with the exception of standing up to stretch your legs, answering nature's call, right? And maybe walking into a, a claustrophobic conference room because mm -hmm. something went wrong. Yep. You're, you're in this space. For the whole fucking day. Okay. So your lunch, <laughs> it's a big deal. Um, once again, I'm not complaining about the job. It's the life I and all of us had chosen. But, you know, you're sitting there all day and you, you ate something fast for breakfast. I mean, 
like I wish I had a nickel for every bacon, egg, and cheese that got oh, eaten yeah. on a trading yep. floor, right? Of course. Um, nice, back Italian in the day. Com- nice Italian combo for lunch. <laughs> so um, when I first started in the business, the the uh, the bank, Continental Bank where I worked, uh, when you were a trader, they provided lunch for you, which was nice. It was good. I mean, it came from the executive dining room. It was on China. With it wasn't sterling silver, but nice silverware and gla- real glasses with ice in it. And, Sounds and like Solomon that, Brothers. It was probably very, very equivalent to that, right? And um, and you know, at twenty three, that was like my meal of the day, right? Absolutely. Um, then when I went to Lanston, there were like fifty people who worked there, and there there was a chef and a waiter. So there was a lovely breakfast every morning, uh, you know. And you know, like uh, I'd say, there was an omelet station, but you know, you know, the lady would cook up whatever you want and absolutely uh, fresh fruit or this or that. Yeah. And then lunch was always a selection. There was two hot entrees mm-hmm. and uh, uh, you know uh, cold cuts and mm-hmm. and you know and yeah proceeded to put on a bunch of weight. I was going to say, how much did you weigh? <laughs> yeah. Um, but it broke up the day. Totally. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, they paid for it. And, yeah. You know, when yeah. you're younger, I mean, I know that, I know that to the bulk of the people in the world, making a hundred grand is a lot of money. And, and it is. Okay. What I'd like to point out is living in New York City, if you're getting a hundred grand salary, I'm guessing you're clearing no more than fifty grand mm-hmm. by the time you get done with taxes, 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 right? Okay. And now, so you got fifty grand, right, to spend. Now, your rent probably two thousand bucks a month. Stop it! I thought you were in real estate. I, I'm trying to. I'm assuming. Where are you, where are you living? <laughs> well, I'm Hunts, I, I, Hunts Point. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. Let's just go with two thousand. Just let's just just because let's say you're sharing a room with three other Fine. people. Okay. So now your twenty five, your fifty grand becomes twenty five grand. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. So you got two thousand bucks a month. Yeah. To live in Manhattan. Yeah. Where a drink seventeen dollars. Live, yeah, yeah, to live. By live, you mean like subway to the office, subway home. You oh, I know? Didn't, yeah, yeah. I did. I tell you when I when I I can never remember whether I told you these stories. That's you fine. Know? So, so uh, I was a young trader living up on Ninetieth Street. Did I tell you about this one? No, I don't remember. So, nineties. Uh, so, um, before uh, Cheryl moved out. I was going out with the brokers for dinner like three or four nights a week because it was free. Free, yeah. And uh, if I didn't have a broker dinner around the corner, you could get a slice of pizza and a can of soda for a dollar. And that was kind of my deal, right? So uh, one night we're having dinner at Spark Steakhouse, which was that famous steakhouse in Midtown where that mafia guy got gunned down. No, Paul Castellano. Yeah. So that that was plus or minus 12 months from when I'm there, right? Lovely. <laughs> so anyway, we're, we're having dinner at Sparks and wine, steak. And, you know, the, the, the brokers are always like, bring a couple lobsters for the center yeah. of the table. So people, <laughs> right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I'm, I uh, finished dinner and... I want to say I walk up to like Third Avenue. Trying to think, Third Avenue goes uptown, right? Okay. So I get in a cab and I'm like in the 40s and I'm living up on the 90th Street. And I pull out my wallet and I got like $3 and a subway token. (laughs) And I'm like, this is not going to (laughs) work. So I said, listen. I got $3 in a subway token. Will you just take me as close 
how far uptown can I go? <laughs> yeah, and he it was an act of kindness, and, and mm-hmm. he, he drove me home. Um, but you know, that was the dinner was easily you know even at that time probably a hundred bucks a person, mm-hmm. and uh, didn't have the money to get yeah. a cab all the way home. Yeah. So living in Manhattan is expensive. Yeah, impossible. So to, so to yeah. take away the 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 meal from these uh, analysts, yeah. yeah, it's not great. It's not I mean, great. What, so just the message that it sends. Um, it's just a completely different message to those juniors than some of the other guys. Um, I, you know, I I, th- I don't have any sympathy for those kids. Um. Because I think that, you know, they, they recycled that article and they brought it up about how, you know, people have always taken the Goldman discount and they've, you know, they've been lining up and, and jumping over each other to go work there for, for the prestige, yada, yada, yada. But those kids, you know what you're signing up for. So, I mean, it's tough for me. I, I, I do think that it's shitty for Goldman to do it. But if your boss says no more, um, yeah, you, like you're gonna make a PowerPoint presentation and complain about it? Yeah, I'm. I, yeah, it's just not. It's just not how I went about these things. Um, I don't understand why they pay people. I don't want to say poorly, but I mean, you you use the term discount, right? Um, I I I don't know. I I I assume I paid people well because I only had one person. I think it was only one person in the entire time uh, that I managed people quit. Um, and wait, wait, and wait. Even, say that one. Say that one more time. I'd like the right to be able to revisit this, but I believe that I only had one person quit that worked for me the entire time I managed people. That's amazing. Well, I. You know, I'm sure that uh, we can fact check that. Um, but still, I don't well, care I, if it's two or five. We're talking over of of, four, of how many years? Of, of sixteen years. Yes. Yeah, well, sixteen years there. Yeah. Direct employer. Yeah. 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 Well, um, I you know, I mean, first of all, you know, I'm a lot of fun, right? No. Um, I think the key was laid uh, back. Yeah. <laughs> Laid so back, balanced. <laughs> I I had the benefit of having uh, many many bosses who were very good at the market and very bad at being managers. Interesting. And I remember along the way thinking about how if I ever got the chance to manage people, how would I do things differently? And one of the things I tried to do, and I think I succeeded at, was communicating how their compensation was going to be based. And then I felt that I paid not the high end of the market, but I think I paid above the market. And uh, the reason I did that wasn't necessarily because I was all that altruistic. I understood a couple of things. One is, we had a small group, and you know, you guys can kind of figure out what kind of pay guys were getting at the time. A lot of money, right? So, what fun is it going to be for a group of twenty people, where you got five guys making bank, and then you're struggling to make ends meet? I mean. I couldn't adjust someone's someone's uh, comp- not compensation, but the way they spent their money. But if a if if a job in the market paid a hundred grand, and I paid a guy a hundred and thirty grand, okay, you know he had to be honest. He or she had to be honest with themselves that, hey, look, that's what the job pays, and I'm getting above the market. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I wanted people to feel like. They were appreciated, okay? Um, And then when you do the math about finding good people, training them, 
And then if you lose them, having to retrain them and, and replace them, it's just way less brain damage to get good people and, um, and pay them, pay them well. And, and, uh, I'm always, uh, dogmatic about not talking about what I got paid or what I paid people. I feel like, uh, nothing ever good comes of that. Um, but I would point out why we had a competitive advantage at Greenwich and why we didn't lose people to the hedge funds. And I'm going to be very vague, but I think you're going to see it pretty quickly. So if I asked you, what's a typical hedge fund deal? You would probably say two and 20. You've heard that term, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what's that mean? It means the hedge fund gets paid 2% of the assets just for showing up. And then they get 20% of the profit. That's kind of a standard deal. Sounds like a good deal, right? Mm. I got a better deal for you. If you look at the investment banks, uh, and it varies over time, and I've not looked in the last several years, if you look at the compensation that the firms pay out, it's anywhere from 40 to 50% of the profit. So if you're at a hedge fund, you can get 2% of the assets and 20% of the profit. Or if you're at an investment bank, you get 50%. So we're at Greenwich Capital. We were treated like an investment bank. Mm -hmm. And whether, you know, 45% or 50 or 55% went into the pool, there was a lot more money sloshing around. And, you know, consequently for somebody like me or, uh, you know, our friend, the uh, fish fan, mm -hmm. snowboard, mm -hmm. and a couple of those guys, you know, there was no incentive to, to even think about leaving. And, um, you know, that's why we were there for, for so long. And by the way, um, you know, the firm did marvelous, marvelously. We made money every year and significant amount of money, big contribution. And when you look at guys who did similar trades to us, I know your favorite is long-term capital, right? Well, look what happened there. Boom. Then uh, even, you know, the this fellow who I think very highly of, Chris Rokos, is down 20% this year, right? Well, you know, when you look at what we did, I, part of the reason was it wasn't a get-rich-quick scheme. It was a get-rich-slow scheme. And uh, so it was just a, it was a wonderful way to operate. And um, so, yeah, that that's all I got to say about that. Oh, um, no, that's astounding. I would have thought that you had chewed through <laughs> tons of, of underlings. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, I never would have thought if you asked me how many people would have would have quit working for you, I would have said a hundred people. That, like you know, I would have. You're thought kidding. Hundred percent. Oh, I would have been total opposite. No, you're intimidating. Um, and I, I could not oh, come imagine. On. No, stop! I couldn't imagine going to the office like and dealing with money with you, like with with big money on the line every single day. Um, or maybe it would be a ton of fun. So it must have been fun because uh, you, your buddy, um, yeah. our, our you know our fish friend, um, yeah, you know he sat next to you for all those years, and, and well, he's like he's like my little brother now, right? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Or, or uh, Leslie, Leslie. You know, uh, and, that's uh, that's yeah. amazing. One guy out of all those years walked I'm gonna out. I'm going to go back. You know? I'm going to go back and check. And he fine. And, and, and that guy who walked out. Yeah. It was a. It was like a fucking nervous breakdown. It wasn't <laughs> like you're such Understood. a creep. It was just like just like bolt of lightning hit him in the head. And uh, wow. Yeah. I, I I was so surprised. Amazing. Like, I didn't even. I didn't yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I remember saying to him. You want to stick around, and say goodbye to Fish Fan? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's like, no. Wow. He's, he's like, yeah, I'm gone. I got to oh, check it, out. It was, it was, it was heartbreaking. Oh yeah, yeah. So, um, jeez. Yeah, I. This is an interesting thing because, uh, there's how people see you, mm -hmm. and how people see how you see yourself, mm -hmm. and I, I would think 
based on what you've said and, and what other people have said, frankly, I, I, uh, I just have a massive disconnect. Because yeah. I, I, I thought I was, I, mean, I never, ever counted someone's days off. I never told anyone that they had a certain amount of vacation time. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Somebody would have a, like, someone's uh, wife got sick. I told them, you know, you just go. Uh, yeah, no, well, when you, or, or, yeah. You know, all those things. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, if the guy didn't want to work at 2 in the morning train in Japan, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't, wouldn't want to do it either, but that's the job. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't a dick about it. Or, or, yeah, or maybe yeah. it was. I don't know. But it, when you explain it like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. You want to be mad? Be mad. But look, that's it's like that's the thing the like gig, we yeah. with Goldman, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody knows, okay, if you go into Goldman, okay, I'm, I'm going to be careful because like Cheryl does want me to get sued. But you know, and it's probably true at the other banks too, you're going to go in for two years, they're going to beat the snot out of you, right? Yeah. And yeah. when you get done, if you make it, you're like a Navy SEAL equivalent. You're getting hazed like that, for two right? years. Okay. Yeah. So you don't want to do it. Don't do it. Uh, but, you know, when you get into like these other things, you know, to me, it was just pretty much this is how it is. And, and if you don't want to do it, I get it. Yeah. But that, yeah that's yeah. kind of kinda the job. I, I Maybe it's because uh, I'm getting older or, or what, but um, these things that, people struggle with sometimes seem like a mystery to me. And so I've noticed this recently and I know that this is going to sound a little hard and a little unfair, but so I've talked to a number of people in the last three or four days and they're all bitching about how cold it is and this and that. And some of the people are my age. Uh, and I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I'm here. I gave up. Right. And it was like, I, I, it's hard for me to feel bad mm-hmm. for you when you can affect a change in your life. And uh, that's like so many of these things, right? It's like people like to complain about stuff, mm-hmm. but there's that inertia that keeps them from getting over the hump, which is why, you know, like 1992, I heard three or four of those Tony Robbins tapes, and I'm like, man, if he just did it, it would get done. And it's like, okay, yeah. just do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Ah. <sighs> You want to talk about so the market? Sure. <laughs> well, I, I would. What, like what you got? To, you, what else? What, what else you have on your list there? You got anything else? Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about accounting, but I think I blew through too much time waxing about my f- incredible biography. I would like to point out that there's a. Uh, I'd like to say gal, but I think that might be viewed as pejorative. Um, there's a woman out there who. I think is highly regarded and her name is Ivy Zellman. And now that's not a household name. Um, I think we'd all be better off if that doesn't become a household name in the next two years. You would hope. But for those of you keeping score at home, she predicted in 2005 that the real estate market was going to crash. And uh, I think as they say in golf, she hit it on the screws Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't know what that means, you can look it up. Uh, so anyway, I didn't scrutinize the article, but she's out banging the drum again. And a little bit of a stake through my heart is her poster child for being priced too high as Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> Love it. I saw that. Yeah. I, it's been yeah. like the. It's been all over the news. You got Zillow putting whatever yeah. four thousand houses for sale below market value or something. Oh what my a, god! What a disaster! There's there's con games going on all over the place. So think about this for a minute. I I don't know how this played out or will play out, but 
Zillow puts prices, estimates prices, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they, I mean, if somebody was not entirely honest, they could buy up houses in an area, right? And then start bumping up the, the prices saying, oh, that's what we think this is worth. And so in trading, you know, in the old days, you could push stuff around and people would become accustomed to that being the new price. And so if they buy a bunch of houses in an area where the average is 150 grand and over the next six months, their projections say, well, it's now worth 225, right? People yep. are going to Zillow and Zillow and they're looking at the prices and they're going, oh, look, look, you know, this kind yeah, of thing. Right? Yep, yep. And then they can just start hanging their stuff out and people are really, well, the, the, the Zillow thing says it's, yeah, we're at two twenty-five, and this is offered at one ninety. Yeah, 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 we're yeah. Getting, we're yeah. getting a deal, right? Yeah, and yeah. There's, there's no broker, real estate attorney, uh, um, yeah, yep. estimator, you know, appraiser that's going to be, you know, they're not, they're not dying on that hill, right? And then the banks are making loans and they're securitizing them, so they don't care whether you pay or not. Um, so there's a little bit of that going on. So yeah, uh, and then uh, disappointed to see people realize that now the pandemic's over, they're not going to sit at home on their Peloton and grind away. I love that. That makes me so happy to see that thing go down in flames. Uh, you know, Exercise I have a size bike with an iPad. It's a cult. It was a cult for a while. They had a good run. Okay. And it ends up like everyone, everyone, everyone else's exercise bike since the 1940s. They it ends up in, in the corner of the basement with like grandma's bathrobe on it. Okay, next to the, next to the rower and yeah, the exactly. Nordic track. Hundred percent, the Nordic track. Right, put it down in the basement with the erg, the Nordic track. All right, I, it's yeah. But luckily, it was like three thousand dollars, you know, plus subscription. Um. What a joke, man. You know, I think the pandemic was bad for it because people are like, what am I doing on this bike in here? I'm going to get an actual bike and I'm going to go outside and ride and enjoy a bike. See you later, Peloton. This thing sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you were sniffing around that. Didn't you want Apple to buy Peloton? <laughs> Glad somebody, we didn't have uh, I thought you were scheming on I that. Want, what do you want? Somebody, somebody, that was a Scott Galloway thing. I oh, think he right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, what, yeah, you're right. What what I want, and I was thinking of having a million-man march down in Washington, I think Apple should have all of its products produced in the United States. Every last one. No way. Right? Charity? Well, of course not. No. Of course not. But you talk about ESG investing, which, I mean, come on. Stop. You know, it's like striving up gas prices. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Cool, cool <laughs> ESG. <laughs> yeah, so we have people, human beings, being treated like slaves so Apple can make a couple extra dollars. I just, I just, yeah, I know. you know what? I mean, hey, look, I, I have nothing but Apple equipment, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Me, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I get I'm with you. I get caught up in these, the, the, juxtapositions of oh we believe in global uh, there's global warming and we believe in human rights and we believe in unlimited health care it is oh, let me have my let me have my iphone that i just got because the other one was 12 months old and i got an upgraded phone for an extra 14 dollars a month it's it's the, the tangled web of hypocrisy is limitless. You, you just can't do it. So, so don't even bother. Don't even start because it's such a, you cannot do it. It's impossible to separate all those, those braids of that rope. And it, it's just, you just can't do it. So, um, before we get off the air, I want to thank, um, I want to thank our listeners who sent me fantastic emails of all the con jobs that are going on. We went 55 minutes without talking about tether. So how about that? We did a uh, episode, we, we did, but but we didn't go fifty five minutes and thirty seconds without talking about Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, clawed he's back in the news. He clawed another one back from the grave. He is haunting people, dude. Haunt. 
people. It's unbelievable. It's really it, the show just the show just writes itself, doesn't I know, it? I know, I know. But I do. I want to thank the listeners and Kevin Moore. But you guys got to stop sending them at like eight thirty in the morning because I got to go. To, like I'm at work, so I you can't throw gas on the fire and sending me like screenshots and 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 you know Twitter threads of of Tesla fraud or what what were the other ones? The Avis thing that was going on. Um, the Big E sent me that email about the Tesla Hertz Revel taxi fraud and Uber, the, the, that interconnected fraud that's going on. The, the taxis that were supposedly sold to work in New York City that don't have charging stations. And oh, by the way, those 100,000 taxis, there's no real paperwork or signed deal on that. And sorry, the stock went through the moon o- over the, the non-existent deal. It's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's it, too hasn't, much. it hasn't come back, though. I think part of that business model is they're going to park out front of a Starbucks and plug in like the laptop thing. Um, to echo your comment about thanking the listeners, uh, we hit a milestone this past week. We had forty thousand. We've had forty thousand downloads. So um, I know everyone doesn't listen to the whole thing, but I think we actually have a very very high uh, completion rate. I mean, it's in the eighty ish percentile right so i mean people have listened to let's say thirty-two thousand hours <laughs> of you and me and um i how do i put this without sounding like a jerk but the fact that people want to take the time and listen to what you and i have to say they obviously um, well, I, I guess it could be like a Benny Hill thing where they're just laughing at us, but th- th- I, I've gotten enough positive feedback that the stuff we've done has been helpful, and I've, I feel very good about that. And so, so thank you, everybody. Yeah, no, they've been they've been great. Um, but send the emails at night. I and I like the guy, the guys. Uh, I got a buddy. I got a buddy in London. All right, so the the London time thing works fantastic for me because he gets done. You know, five thirty, six o'clock when they go home and have their pint. Um, I get a nice couple of emails from my friend over there. Um, but those they're just great. It's just a it's just a constant feed of of people that speak the same language. There's people that are paying attention to the same things that we are. There's there's the same kind of skepticism. Um, and from the sound of it, they they've been enjoying it. Um, a lot of guys ask me about your gold trade, but I tell them I just give them no comment, no comment. That, yeah, can't, t- can't talk about it. <laughs> yeah, you know everybody uh, screws something up once in a while. Um, I don't know that I have the date exactly right, but I believe next week on the market huddle, Kevin Muir will be interviewing my good friend, Leslie Harris. And um, Leslie's going on market huddle. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I tell you, at first, I thought that was a great idea. He's going to be so freaking good. He's going to start his own podcast, and then we're going to have competition. All right. Well. Yeah, he speaks. Yeah, okay. You guys are the the. You're cut from the same cloth, correct? You guys. He he. Well, we're both older Jewish guys. His his father has, as who has passed, uh, had his great sayings that. You know, like Leslie would say, Dad, can I borrow $100? And the, the, his dad would say, $80? Why do you want to borrow $60? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, the, and the, way, in the way Judaism works, if people think of you, you've never really died, okay? I have three daughters who use that line with some regularity. <laughs> Wow, which is a which is a great thing. So, which is the highest to, compliment you can pay to someone? That yeah, that's yeah, got it. Yeah, exactly. So, well, anyway, maybe uh, maybe we should hit the bricks here, huh? All right, yeah. So, market huddle. Um, Kevin Muir, he's just going to be like the the Bill Walsh of uh, of podcast. You know, the Bill the Bill Walsh coaching tree in, in football is legendary. He spawned all the all the greats. He was the number one. So maybe, maybe Kevin Muir is the beginning of uh, the same thing for finance podcasts. Um, thank you. All Kevin. right. 
All right, pal. It's been fun. Um, yeah. Good luck yeah. this week, and uh, I look forward to talking to you next weekend. Yeah. Have a great, have a great right, weekend, buddy. pal. See ya. Cheers.